Welcome to the Suburbs. I'm Kim. I'm Juice. And, and this, this is, is Suburban Pod. Pod. We're just two bougie Negroes trying to figure out how to express our blackness in white spaces. Follow us on Twitter at Suburban Pod. And follow us on Instagram at Sub underscore Urban Pod. All right, enjoy. Mr. Uh, famous Guy. Bro, this shit is crazy. I'm so <laughs> nervous. Why are you nervous? I don't know, man. You know what's crazy? I knew it was going to happen. Did you? I just had a feeling. Hmm. And I don't usually get those feelings. I was like, so are they going like, to Zoom call you? or? Uh, Yeah, I gave her my number. She's going to call me. Uh, six hour time because oh, they're on like personal call you. Yeah, I guess. Like I, I wanted to tell her I have a like a laptop and everything too, and yeah. I have Zoom. But I was just like, let me just shut up and <laughs> do whatever I got to do to get on. Right, right, right. Okay, fam, look at you out here. This shit is crazy, bro. <laughs> crazy so what if they include your audio in one of their like videos or something that'd be dope like they did right. a remote episode last week it was actually about black <laughs> af but uh yeah i saw the video pop up on my youtube i just haven't watched it yet right but yeah it's crazy that's what's up so um, I don't, man, I don't even know. <laughs> <laughs> Niggas is on cloud nine. Yeah, it's crazy. Like, the last two, couple of days have been pretty cool, I guess. Well, Shit, it's been the opposite for me. <laughs> <laughs> What's going on? Um, Still trying to figure out. So where do you want to start? What are your what do you have to talk about? Like I said, I finished um I finished Black AF and then I'm not sure if I'm gonna start blackish or not. Like I feel like I should. I was I was actually gonna ask you that, like, because when you watch Blackish, you'll realize how much of Blackish is really based on his life. Or the mm. the version of his life that he portrays in the, in Black AF. So which one is more like raw? Black AF. Black AF. Like yes. I feel like the thing is that Blackish. I think the reason that Black AF is called Black AF is because it's not like Blackish. It's like if he didn't have to go through Disney to do. Um, to do the show because they mm. stopped him from doing a lot of the things he wanted to talk about in the show because they were like yo this is ABC you can't just be having certain things on ABC it's a mm. Disney property so I feel like yeah I know it's like black AF every episode title it was about slavery <laughs> I was like oh my god 
it was funny though. Like it wasn't it wasn't as cheesy as I thought it was gonna be. No. Like people were overreacting. Like but then also I think it's the same thing as uh I really do think that a lot of black people don't like uh that how that style of satire. Mm. It's like subdued, but it's like we be wanting to like people. But he's not supposed to be a likable person. Mm -hmm. I mean, because he's kind of he's telling black people about themselves. Yeah, and then straight up, right? And then the people that got mad about like that it was just not uh, black black enough or whatever. Those people aren't. Uh, I'm not listening to black Twitter for a lot of things anymore because they be (laughs) loud and wrong about a lot of stuff. Bro, black black Twitter lately, I just feel like it just always wants to be mad now. Like I get, I understand we have a lot of reason to be mad. I get it, right? But we can't find we can't be Molly. We can't find an issue with every goddamn thing, right? <laughs> I feel like uh, part of it is the times are different. Like we're not seeing. Uh, more or less lynchings every day from police like we were a couple of years ago mm-hmm. so of course we were more upset and mad because it was like yo we're seeing people die every day on twitter yeah so but i think now that that energy is not there some people still want to profit off of it have we reached the point though where we don't know how to function as black people without being mad I think a certain segment of us and the other part of us don't like that segment (laughs) that's why we're fed up with uh, Twitter activists because Mm. it's only leading to them trying to make money it's not leading to uh, freedom or anything that's going to benefit the rest of us Mm-hmm. So, like, when you have a show like Black AF, which is woke, which is definitely woke, and people are still coming for it, it's kind of like at what point? Like, it doesn't, yeah. it, it always seems like stupid. But the, I, yeah. I'm sorry. I was just going to say, I honestly really don't know, like, what my, um, I don't know what was holding me back initially. I think it was just, I think I just thought that it was just going to be cheesy. Like it didn't have anything to do with like race or race issues. I was just like, it just looks like it's going to be cheesy. I don't know. So that's the only issue I had. It ain't got nothing to do with, with um, Rashida Jones or mixed kid. Like that just. (laughs) Do you think that's why you were hesitant to watch Blackish also? Yeah, I was because for one, I think I think Anthony Anderson is very typecast as like the silly, goofy dude, and I don't know. Like, I want to watch. I, I feel like I want to watch family things with black families that are a little bit 
more real and not always trying to laugh everything off. And I just felt like he was just always going to be like the goofy person. But I can tell that that's not really what his character is like from like snippets and shit on on um, Twitter that I've seen and like that one episode where they talked about you know racism and stuff with the family and so I could tell it's not <clears throat> it's Kenya Barris character on Black AF is just in prom time he's not as maliciously mean to his kids but he's mean to one of his kids yeah. but that should be funny as the, fuck. the way he talks to his kids <laughs> He's like, what the fuck, dude? <laughs> that shit cracks me up. I'm like, this dude is hilarious. <laughs> and he, he always, I don't know if that's just like his disposition, but he always has a very serious face. Like, I don't think I have seen him like really crack a smile. Like even when he, when he is happy, like after him and Joya are like, resolving an argument he doesn't really smile about it or like you know what i'm saying like yeah. he's so stoic with his facial expressions but he's he's hilarious i think he's my favorite character like it's so funny because uh that uh episode five is like the best one that's the one where uh that movie comes out oh yeah they he don't was like so <laughs> He's like, what the fuck is this? <laughs> Him and his oldest daughter were so upset about it. And he was like, when he FaceTimed uh, Ava DuVernay. And he, that scene was so, amazing. I was like, the way that he just like casually has all these collaborations in some of the episodes, I'm just like, what? This nigga spitting with his fucking <laughs> catalog of people he can just call on. Bro, <clears throat> he had Tim Story. Yeah, that was cool. He had Tim Story. He had, uh, what's his name? Will Packer. Will Packer. Ava DuVernay, Lena Waithe, and Issa. And it was like, it was natural. It didn't seem forced. A fucking lineup. Like, that's a murderer's roll lineup. That's like Hall of Fame black excellence. And then had Tyler Perry in it. Like, and then had Tyler Perry in it. As Tyler, but the thing about it too is like he has everybody in the show as themselves. Yes. Which is also another like as another layer of crazy. Right. To what's happening. Like uh, the way he had Ava be like, no, brother, this is the constructive and just leave it. That's totally what I think Ava DuVernay would do in that situation. Like, you call her with some bullshit, she like, nah, brother, this ain't gonna happen. Like, nah. She ain't gonna call you nigga. She like, hold up, brother. <laughs> love that. Yeah, that was definitely Lena, definitely crazy. Lena Waithe was funny as fuck in that, too. Because she was like, yeah, oh, Black was. Illuminati, Swiss Beast, and Jay-Z already invented that. And I was like, yeah, I'm trying to be in that. She said a year supply of unlimited shea butter. <laughs> Jordan's on the day they come out. <laughs> oh, shit. Um, Dude, that would be a dope-ass uh, subscription, though. 
Yeah, like man, bet. Like uh, the black intelligentsia with the elite. <laughs> what more and do you ask for? Said, when you said uh, our crush was in there at first, I thought you were talking about Nia Long, and I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> like, and no. then I saw Tay, and I was like, oh my god, it's Tay. <laughs> <laughs> Basically, being jazz again, like yep. from the game. Hell yeah. No, bro. When she was like, they, they had some big old dicks on this island. I was weak. Oh man! But that Tyler Perry scene was so amazing. For one, because we got F word uh, Tyler Perry, and he was letting the chopper fly. And then he was like, "You talk to your daughter this way." And he was he looked absolutely horrified at the way that he was talking to his daughter. Like he looked directly at her like Are you okay? She, just kinda, she was like, I mean it's it's fine. It's okay. Right. okay. He was she was like, You said you wish that uh y'all had aborted me and he looked like he wanted to cry. <laughs> He's like, Kenya, I can't believe that. He said, That's just our relationship. But the speech Tyler Perry gave was funny and real at the same time. Yeah, it was. And then I thought about like what we had talked about like last week about like how I said I wanted to stop cursing or whatever. Mm-hmm. And I started thinking like when he was like uh, he quoted that Nia, Nia Simone line. I wrote it down so I wouldn't forget it. You will use up everything you have and giving everybody what they want. It's like, yeah, that's the real. That's what goes into being a creative. Also, being a, from a marginalized community and being a creative. Yeah. Um, one thing Tyler Perry is good for is a monologue, and that is what. <laughs> that is what he gave us. Tyler. All right, I'm hard on Tyler Perry for good reason because that nigga be bullshitting, but. <laughs> He's actually a good actor. He is. He. Is. I mean, he had to act in his own plays for one that he started, and he's still acting a lot of his own movies. But like the um, the movies that he's cast in, where he's not directing and writing, he's really good in. Like when he was in Star Trek. I didn't see that. The only ones I can think of is the "Why Did I Get Married" franchise. But, and then what uh, else is that he didn't? Oh, I forgot about Alex Cross. Oh God, that was awful. What's the one with um Brisha Webb as the attorney that was trying to defend um? Damn, she was trying to defend. She worked for a law firm, and he was like her boss. Oh, uh, the one that came out on Netflix. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Yeah, did he write that? Yeah, oh, he yeah, definitely. He, but he was good in it. <clears throat> yeah, he was. Even the my wig was still horrible, but yeah, even the my dear shit, he's funny as fuck. It's just, <sighs> it's just too much. Like we just get like the future of the movie and TV show world. He just got too much out at once like right. I cannot like feet focused I don't know like every time you turn around it's 
Yeah, like everybody's tweeting about this new. T- You're breaking. He plus, he got sister, family praise, and all like it's just. Calm down, sir. Like, how can you have so much to say at once? Right, Sheesh. and not get anything across. <laughs> I mean, what is going on? Or honestly, like a lot of the, but what's even worse is a lot of the, um, a lot of his messages be overlapping. Anyways, I'm just like, did you really need to have like six shows out at once, right, to get this message across? Like the same message across, right. We get it. Families, everything. Telling us the same stories over and over. Like it's always scandal and right. Let me take this hoodie off. We don't need six shows for you to tell us about this hood rat ass fucking story. <laughs> same story, different variations. But that's also why I like. I like all Kenya Barris's shows. Like I, I get that people will be like, uh, "This, this isn't my. I'm not the target audience," which they usually say because they some hood niggas, and they think all suburban people are like, I guess, sellouts or whatever. Whatever. Um, like one person in the critiques of Black AF, they were like, "Um, yeah, you can tell that uh, this was. Why is it that?" black people who didn't realize their blackness until their 20s are the gatekeepers of black Hollywood. And she was like, you can tell because they don't, uh, white people feel more comfortable around those black people because they're not fully aware of their blackness or some shit. And I'm thinking people really don't understand that suburban black people are black. (laughs) And then too, like you don't really start to realize who you are for real as a person or as an adult until your twenties, anyway. So right. Like, what? It's just like, man, we grew up around white people, okay, but we were made aware that we were black our entire lives in a way that if you grow up in a monolithic, you froze. Upset monolithic. Hello. Hey. Am I back? Yeah. Can you hear me? Yeah. Okay, great. Yeah. Used to I the last thing I heard you say was monolithic. Yeah, if you grow up in a <laughs> like a monolithic community, like if you grow up in say the quote unquote hood and you're not around white people and stuff like that, you're also growing up with an inferiority com- inferiority complex because you think that white people have it all together and stuff like that. Which isn't true. At all. Because we grew up around rich pe- rich white people, poor white people, and middle class. And you know what's crazy is like, as I get older <clears throat> and I work at different places, it's always a lot of black people that kind of like stereotype me or they'll say some shit like, oh, you must, you know, you grew up here. You, you did this and your family got money and yada, yada, yada. And it's like, honestly, yeah, we do now, but that ain't how it always was. Like, right. like even we- still like, most black people who grew up around white people still was dealing with some kind of a struggle. Like most black families and black parents don't really get to, you know what I'm saying, a major level of success until way later than most white families do. Right. When the kids are out of the house is when they can finally start to thrive a little bit. 
You know, like my parents got money now, but it wasn't no money that I saw when I was a teenager or younger. Right. Like my parents now they straight, but yeah, growing up, no. Especially when we were real little and we we moved from Mississippi. They they sold and left everything that couldn't fit in the car. So right. like it was struggle, struggle. And then it slowly started getting better. And then by the time we were in college, they were good. But we also got to quit acting like light-skinned black people and mixed-race black people are not black. That's another part of black Twitter that I'm not really rocking with lately. It's so many. (laughs) (laughs) So many things that need to be addressed and fixed that I feel like will honestly never be because too many people feel like they're right. Nobody wants to hear, you know, the other person's side. Like one narrative that I'm tired of hearing and that I'm never going to be for in these kind of conversations is the light skin, like black people didn't like me because I was light skin and pretty when I was, you know, I'm never going to. No. <laughs> I'ma stay out of that one. I just be like, nah. <laughs> I don't like that. And the another thing about thing the thing about that too is like because colorism is so deep is you so what people you maybe have said something to you about being light skinned, but if you was dark skinned, you got it too. Like there's really no all levels of blackness are on attack in a racist society. Literally. So we all have trauma from being programmed in this country. And mm-hmm. we have to realize that we all experience different pains, but they stem from the same thing. Mm-hmm. And until we can get to that place to where we're like, I'm messed up and I'm trying to make sure I don't mess up other people. And I'm not trying to relive certain things we're going to keep going in circles. But I think that only comes with maturity because I just got hip to some stuff like in the last couple of years just because I ain't got older and I'm able to see things through the eyes of a true adult that I never, like I was so gung-ho about. It's just like our uh, rhetoric has uh, calmed down dramatically since we first started. <laughs> yeah. We're not... Uh... <laughs> We're not as militant anymore. I think we also got tired. You can't walk around angry your whole life. You just get to, you get tired. You get tired. Like shit still pisses off, sure, but yeah, I ain't gonna, I ain't gonna blast it. Like if something piss me off, I might give you one or two tweets, but then it's right. back to these jokes. <laughs> <laughs> I gotta get these jokes off. <laughs> But back- literally me every time I'm upset I get my tweets out and then I'm- <laughs> then it's like okay back to the fuck shit <laughs> yeah because I mean also man I'm, I don't want to walk around depressed man like there is a part there's a part of when I was a kid my mom used to tell me that you have to choose happiness I used to think that was the stupidest shit I've ever heard in my life <laughs> Because you always thought, like, oh, if it's that easy. <laughs> right. 
but when yeah, you get older, it. it does get easier. Because yeah. you're like, I think with with like it's just race stuff and like stuff in the community. I think reason why I stopped reacting because it's like I can't get upset about something that's not going to be immediately rectified. Right. That's like, also this is not something that we can just like have one conversation about and be like, okay, well. Now everybody gets it. Let's right. start living our lives differently. Like this is still some generational shit. And I'm done trying to teach others the struggle of being black. My focus is to make sure that other black people who are younger understand the like the dynamics of race. That's all I care about mm-hmm. now. I um another thing that's why I don't watch a lot of uh like slave movies and stuff like police brutality movies all that i don't need that in my spirit because <laughs> mm. i'm gonna walk around pissed off i saw a um specific conversation about that you probably saw it too where somebody posted um a screenshot of um the central park five or uh when they see it mm-hmm. this and they were just like, I'm probably okay, shoulder muscle, you see me? I'm out here. <laughs> uh, they were they were like in the one percent of black people that hadn't seen it and didn't want to see yeah. it. And somebody was in the comments like, No, like this is you know, this was so real and you know, it's very emotional and triggering, but I think every black person needs to see it. And they were just going back and forth, like, No, I just really don't want to I don't want to be triggered. No. And I don't want to, I don't want to relive this trauma. Right. And that's one thing that like, that's one thing that black people have to realize too, is like, we don't have to subscribe to things that continuously traumatize us just to learn about shit that we're still going through today. Like the Central Park Five situation was very horrific, but Trayvon Martin and 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 you know what I'm saying like Mike Brown and Alton Sterling all of that just happened years ago right I don't have to we are still in that time right <laughs> this is still the modern era like it's not right. like this happened in 1800s We're like no everybody needs to go look at what happened back in the 1800s like no this happened yesterday <laughs> Yeah, and the girl who was being the antagonist was just like, you know, that's a lot of people's problems is we like to run away from our trauma and yada, yada, yada. And I'm like, it's not necessarily running away from your trauma, once again, when you're still living it. Right. But if you know specifically that something could potentially trigger you in a very intense way and you want to avoid that. That's another thing that we need to do as black people is protect our mental health. Like protect our peace. Be, we don't want to be sad and depressed about the stuff that's still happening to us all the time. Like some of us are trying to live on the other side of that. Some of us are trying to get out of that. The other thing though, so. people hear like us say that and they some people will mistakenly think that we're saying that to get over it. But we're not saying that. We're saying we have to protect our mental state because, it, like, you can't move through this life knowing all these uh, traps are up. 
Right. Like, you know they're there. You just got to be aware of them. But reliving mm-hmm. it and putting it in the front of your brain is what drive you crazy. Trust me, I know. <laughs> yeah. I'll be like, yeah, I ain't going to watch that. Yeah. Like, uh, what's the the boy? Uh, <laughs> what's the one with your boy, Michael B. Jordan, where he's the lawyer? I ain't going to see that for at least another six months. Oh, yeah. I wanted to see that. I forget what it's called now already. The one with him Sad, and Jamie Foxx. But, yeah, I mean, I ain't. Yeah. And I want to support <laughs> black uh, artists, but I mean, golly, we got it. We have fun too. We do have fun. <laughs> <laughs> like, <laughs> like we literally make fun out of the worst situations. Can we not focus on that? Like, we don't have to focus on the messed up part of black life. It's tons everything of- just has to be so. Everything is just so political. Like when you really think about black tv or black movies you are very hard pressed to to think of a movie or a show that is strictly about black people just living a good life yeah and then when like everything is so political like i was watching school days the other day and i was like man i forgot how crazy this was yes like insane like to where it's like yeah this is a beautiful movie but it's right up on you about a lot of spike stuff is like that it's just like john singleton stuff a lot of his stuff was like emotional pornography but i mean it's sold and that's what we're used to but we Mm -hmm. also can't get mad when a blackish comes out and you see niggas living good you're like this ain't real this ain't real to some niggas it is real right perspective and and then some niggas don't want i don't necessarily have to see my life played out <laughs> on a sc- for a show for me to enjoy it and i don't know why black people think we have to do that because we watch tons of white movies that we can't relate to at all can't relate to at all and i'll be dying laughing <laughs> <laughs> like i'll be weak <laughs> like i can't relate yeah. to the office <laughs> Like, if you think about it, The Office is the whitest show ever. But that's Bro, what makes it funny. <sighs> and we watch that show. That's another thing, too. Like, we be supporting all these white shows and white movies. And then want to critique the fuck out of all the black movies. That ain't showing us as slaves or some shit. I want to see niggas laughing. <laughs> I would love to see... Would love to see a show about Jay Z and Beyonce's household. Right. <laughs> Can't relate to them niggas, but this shit would be entertaining, I believe. Oh yeah, let me take him out real quick. Okay. But yeah, yeah, I would love to see some abstract, like just a family living a good life, just being ridiculous. Like people forget that the Cosby Show wasn't woke. It was just about a middle, I mean, a rich family of black people. It was subtle, like. Literally. <laughs> and then niggas want to get mad about, like, this ain't the real black experience. This don't relate to my life. It's just like, man. It's just like when niggas used to be like, uh, act like every rapper had to be real. Mm-hmm. 
I don't want to hear that shit. <laughs> but see, the thing, the thing about the Cosby's is like, even they, they didn't raise their kids like in a super spoiled way. Like, okay, they had nice clothes and they kept their hair done, right? Um, Which is literally the blackest shit in the world. That I mean, that's honestly most black families, whether you got all the money in the world or very little money. Like, black people gonna put some clothes on and make sure their hair done, <laughs> right? Um. But it it wasn't even like they were flaunting their money all the time. Yeah. But people, I think, I don't know. Same as with uh, Fresh Prince. Like, the joke was that they were rich, but Will and them all had jobs and all this other stuff. Mm-hmm. Yo. And another thing, yeah, another thing about that narrative, too, is, like, Will came from a rough situation and was able to get to a better situation you know what i'm saying through his family but just because he was able to move in with his rich cousin right doesn't negate the fact of how he grew up like black black people we just <laughs> gotta get ourselves uh together we need we need a big uh, meeting where we can hear from all the different types of niggas even the ones we don't want to hear from. We got to have the Umars at the table. We got to have the bougie niggas. We got to have the broke niggas. Hood niggas. <laughs> niggas niggas. <laughs> and we all need to decide. Come up with a charter. <laughs> yeah. If only, uh, if only Keith could zoom us all in. <laughs> right. <laughs> like, okay. So we got to vote on some shit. <laughs> Somebody said that you could have up to like 300 people on a Zoom call. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. How would that even work? Like How, the, who can hear anybody? You're supposed like Rose said it last week. It's supposed to be a way you can uh <clears throat> set up like rules to where people have to uh request to be in and stuff like that or to have time to talk and all this other stuff. Like I'm trying to learn this Zoom stuff, but it's a, like since I don't use this at work, it's all new to me. Three hundred people—that sounds like a mess. Oh yeah, especially if it was niggas. <laughs> that means it's got to be at least like thirty niggas. I don't want to be nowhere around. <laughs> <clears throat> that just sounds like to me though they're trying to set it up and stuff like that. But still, ain't nobody got no classes of 300 in college. <laughs> Definitely not at A&M. <laughs> but yeah. Like, we got We need to decide certain stuff. Like, I know we're not centralized. But, like, we make certain decisions all together. Like, we knew who, we, who everybody was going to vote for. With uh, Biden. Niggas knew. That's why when all these people were like, nah, Bernie's going to win in the South, be like, no, sir. <laughs> Niggas live down there. <laughs> and we all got that message. I don't know how and why, but we all knew. We all knew. <laughs> it's same as with uh, Obama. We're like, man, if this dude stay in the race in South Carolina... We know who we go vote for. It ain't gonna be Hillary. Yeah. 
And then when we flipped that switch, you're like, why did all the black people leave? We just knew. We were the ancestors were guiding us. I still <clears throat> I still think about how crazy it was that we were able to vote for our first black president on our first election ever. First two times. That shit's Ooh. crazy. Like, Wild. Bro. I feel like somebody should give our generation a medal for that. Yeah, we willed this shit into existence. <laughs> like, bro, like, we made Tupac songs obsolete. We had a black president. <laughs> the the voter die campaign was so strong. That's, that's another thing I miss, too, is like, people, black people getting that involved. Yeah. In, in the voting process like Diddy was out here yes with the voter die and they were not stopping for anything we're like we're gonna get this nigga elected bruh I'm gonna have to I'm gonna tell you something when we stop recording <laughs> <laughs> It's bumping every Kanye, <laughs> and that watch the throne hit different when you know both them niggas billionaires now. That shit even though wasn't there wasn't there some like scandal behind it though initially like they were saying he wasn't on Forbes list. Yeah, they were saying that he hadn't submitted enough information to be considered a billionaire and then he did do it and then they officially came out and said that he was a billionaire and they were still hating ass people like just a couple people when I posted uh <clears throat> can't tell me nothing they were like well he's not actually a billionaire I'd be like yeah tons of these billionaires aren't technically a billionaire but they have billions of dollars in assets which is a billionaire niggas want to act like just because you ain't got a billion dollars in cash you ain't worth the money. Those assets are way worth way more than cash. Right. But anyway, so after that happened, I've just, I start like, kind of disappoints me so much all the time that it's rare that I could be like, let me just appreciate Kanye for being dope. And so I thought about that breakfast club interview in 2013 Cause that's when I was deep in the hive die for the caliphate. That was right after the Yeezus tour where I was in that bitch crying. <laughs> yeah. I ended up watching both of those interviews, the 2013 and the 2015 one. The 2013 one, you can tell, like, I remember watching that when it first came out and I was just thinking, that's when I first started feeling like I fucking hate Charlemagne. Because he was totally just being like, I'm going to say the shit that everybody wanted to say to Kanye. Yeah, he was just being like the antagonist for no reason. Like, do you think that, you know, people weren't fucking with you because they didn't like the album? Because I'm going to be honest, I didn't like it. And I was just like, he's like, I thought it was whack. And I'm just like, <laughs> Kanye played the fuck out of him. Kanye out trolled Charlemagne. And that shit is funny. He was like, okay, what was your question? <laughs> right. I was like, dang, Charlemagne, like, what are you trying to do? Like, 
it, that during that time, that's when a lot of people were like, somebody just needs to talk to Kanye. People ain't talking to Kanye, not realizing tons of niggas been talking to Kanye for years. He just ain't going to listen. And mm-hmm. he ain't going to listen because the shit that he do always work out for him. Like he, everything he described in that 2013 interview is exactly what he did with Adidas. And now he's a fucking billionaire. And then mm-hmm. when this is what made me mad originally about Charlemagne. And then what made me mad when I rewatched it, Charlemagne was like, why you always uh, talk about money and stuff? Malcolm X didn't need money. Uh, Martin Luther King didn't need money. Wrong. They did need money. That's why when they were assassinated, their wives had to struggle to feed their kids. And that's exactly what Kanye was talking about to have protection for his family because his wife is one of the most famous women on earth who had just mm-hmm. get, who had just been robbed in Paris. So yeah, points are being made. <laughs> like and then they were acting so like acting like what he was saying was so foreign. Now, granted, Kanye said a lot of bullshit in that too that you're like, "I don't I don't know, yay." And then in hindsight, looking back like, "Yeah, he that nigga was on one." But he said a lot of real shit. Yeah, he did. I mean, like, this thing about Kanye is you can never take away his realness. He is always going to tell us how he feels about something. Whether right or wrong. Right or wrong. Like, we always know where he stands on. Right. (laughs) No doubt in our mind. And, like, when uh, Envy's a remedial ass kept being like well why don't you do it like don c did the hats this nigga was talking about having a transformation like industry wide like he was trying to do everything he wasn't trying to do like a little side hustle he was envisioning like he was about to be that dude which mm-hmm. he kind of is <laughs> like he's at uncancelable level now and that's wild I mean, once once he started up the Sunday service choir, that just opened up a whole new can of worms. <laughs> on on Easter, my mom was talking about how much she loved Kanye. Like, Kanye is at another level now. We, we listened to the Sunday service choir album on Easter. Yo, that album is dope, though, also. <laughs> it pays homage to so many classics right while still being gospel as hell like hey i mean sunshine my nigga bro man Lit. like people don't understand bro like he's a he's an icon you just gotta accept it do I listen to all the bullshit Kanye be saying about Trump and shit? No, he's a fucking psycho. <laughs> but as far as this like uh, clothing and everything else, I'm pay attention. And then they were acting. That's the other thing about Charlemagne. Charlemagne kept saying like, "Why are you talking about clothes and all of this now?" Like, nigga, have you not been paying attention since Kanye came out? That nigga's always been about clothes and fashion. Right. The fuck? Where you been? Right. What he was saying, like what Kanye was saying, was he's been this industry leader and in all of this stuff, and he ain't getting none of the money off it. Which is literally what niggas have been talking about of building our own 
And then when a nigga tries to do that shit, everybody would be like, "Well, why are you talking about this?" Right. Like that's what that's what I was getting on my nerves about Charlemagne. He was like, "We just care about the music. We just like focus on the music." And I'm just like, "You do more than just do radio, nigga. Like you got books out here. You be on TV. Like why are you? You know what I'm saying? Why are you trying to encourage this nigga to only have one lane and one one?" avenue of income because he was doing that to try to like get the support of the black community that wasn't <clears> rocking <throat> with Kanye at that point that was tired of Kanye and like yeah Charlemagne is a man of the people now Charlemagne is a fucking charlatan who <laughs> is a whole ass coon <laughs> straight up and makes no mystery about it he's like yeah I'm trying to get this paper the same shit that he got on Kanye about. Literally. That's what a lot of niggas do, though. They just start tearing people down for the same shit that they be doing. Yeah. And trying to make themselves feel better. And um, that's why it was funny when uh, Charlemagne was like, Yeah, we don't care about the Yeezys. And uh, Kanye was like, Hold up. People care about the Yeezys. Because he was talking about the uh, Red Octobers. Those are still my grills. If right. if I ever get a pair of red Octobers, y'all ain't be able to tell me shit at all. Everybody loves Yeezys, bro. And you know it's crazy. Eventually, Nike gonna re-release those, and Kanye gonna be mad as fuck because, like, what they were saying, like they weren't gonna give him royalties. That's how he became mm-hmm. a billionaire with Adidas. He got 11% royalties a year. And the motherfuckers mm-hmm. are selling. They Those slides were selling. And they ugly as mm-hmm. hell. All the Yeezy shit be selling just because it's Yeezy. Yeah. Like, the niggas lock on. Now. It, like, he, he is a huge part of the culture right now. That's what people need to realize. Multiple generations have grown up on him now. Blueprints are facts. Blue, uh, wait, uh, can't be life on the dynasty came out in two thousand. That's twenty years ago. So since then, he's been making beats, music, dope shit, and we didn't growing up on it. Generation Z didn't growing up on it, and now a third generation is gonna grow up on his gospel stuff. That's crazy. Bro, <laughs> Kanye—he's already a legend. Yeah, and then like the other thing is, people think just by let's say somebody's a legend that we respect everything they've done. No, he's like done. No, we can we we have talked our shit about Kanye. We can acknowledge his fuck ups. Right. Um, he's still out here doing weird shit. <laughs> he would be Kanye if he we, didn't do weird shit. I mean. He's still out here being questionable, but we just realized that from a business standpoint, he figured it out. He out here. I did listen to last last call on a college dropout, which anytime I get down and I need motivation, I listen to last call because he's Mm. just breaking down his whole story. And in hindsight, the idea that he would put that as the last track on his uh first album recounting how he's 
going to be famous. And then he mm-hmm. superseded all expectations for that. That's how I felt when I was watching that 2013 interview. Like, the nigga actually did the shit. Against all talk odds. about Talk about manifest. Right. And I've manifested some shit in my personal life that we about to pay off on. We about to be black Illuminati, nigga. <laughs> <laughs> that shit is still mind-blowing to me, though. I ain't gonna say exactly what it is. Because I don't know what's gonna happen in the next hour. <laughs> Shit, you got a couple minutes at this point. Yeah. Bro, you out? You super out here, nigga. (laughs) (laughs) But it's so weird. It's weird for uh, good shit to go and for me to be in a good place. But we just let that shit ride. I ain't going to take it take it in for what it is, you know what I'm saying? Don't don't think too hard. Just let the moment be the moment. Yep. That's, that's like what I've been trying to do is like this is what's happening. Let it happen. That's all we can do. It's it's us all taking you to somewhere. You know what I'm saying? And it's better to do this now while the world is a little at peace <laughs> before everybody just gets mm-hmm. back out here. Because niggas is itching to get out of here. Man, I went to Chipotle today. And because I had to pick up food for my mama, like I told you. And I was going in there to get my bag. And it was like these three little white boys that was in front of me. They was coming out while I was going in. And then they came back in just to ask the manager if they could sit on the patio. And I'm just like, y'all don't understand, do y'all? No. Like, people if don't. the front room is closed, the patio is not an option either. That's still a dining area where people congregate. They don't want people out there. And the patio wouldn't even sit up. I'm just like, I know y'all want this shit to go back to normal, but you cannot force it. You know, you can't. And people are really thinking they can will this shit. They can manifest this virus to go back. <laughs> like, no. That's not how this works. And it's going to be a while, the too. Weather, the weather was nice today. Like, I get it. But come on now. Use your common sense. Being outside in a group is no better than being inside in a group. No. Definitely the whole point of socially distancing and quarantining is we really we not even really supposed to be out here you're supposed to get your shit and go right really you really ain't even supposed to be out here getting your shit <laughs> do you hear me but we just hard-headed and we don't know how to uh, do right but and also, people are trying so hard to keep the economy afloat. They knew that they couldn't shut down all these restaurants. Yeah. That's why I was talking to somebody who has a lot of money, so they're a little bit out of touch. <laughs> and so I was talking to them, and they were like, why didn't they just shut everything down for a month? I was like, if you did that, that would cause a depression. And you couldn't bounce back from it? 
people don't understand a lot of things about like global economies and how things like that work. Mm-hmm. And I was explaining to that person, I was like, you can't run a country like you can run a business because countries aren't like that's not how it works. You have to run on some kind of deficit. I honestly don't understand why um, why more of these restaurants that decided to stay open haven't gone delivery. That way they don't have to have people coming in. Because like, I know at Jim and Nick's, they're not letting people come in at all. Yeah. Like you, it's strictly curbside, which is smart. Smart, but still got to come in contact with people, but smarter than letting people come in your restaurant. Like, actually going into Chipotle was kind of like, okay. Yeah. What? I want... um, But I don't, I don't understand why people haven't gone the delivery route. Like, it's hire but... you some driver. But you also have to have insurances and stuff for drivers. Mm-hmm. At the business, so they can't get yeah, sued. Yeah, but what not that pretty much the same as like Grub South coming to pick your shit up? I'm not exactly sure. Now, you know what's crazy? I didn't know. Like, all those places like Grub South and stuff are getting the food at a discounted rate. So they're making more profit than the uh, restaurants. That's why a lot of mm-hmm. local places have kind of be like, I don't know if I want to just do this. Like, because they're not getting the full amount of, if you had somebody come in, uh, you get waited on and everything, you're making more money that way. Like, this shit is fucked. And you know, it's crazy. Like, all these small businesses are the ones that's really fucked. And then they gave all that money to these uh, chains and big businesses. And dried up the well. Yeah, it's about to be a depression. It's about to be bad. Yeah, I'm I'm curious to see what happens when they start slowly opening this shit back up. Like, I feel like, I just feel like three weeks from now, so many more people are going to be infected. And then they're going to be talking about all the numbers. And then we're going to be right back where we were. Like, people think that things have calmed down and they really haven't <laughs> it's just people are staying inside people are staying inside but also they're just not reporting numbers the way that they were in the beginning yeah we don't have testing but you still can see like left and right that people are dying people aren't even phased by that people aren't thinking about actual people they're just seeing the numbers cooper move move Cooper trying to be all up in the mix. Yep. But yeah, like, even if I don't think I would be ready, I'm not. Bro, it's. <clears throat> I'm used to it now, but I'm still so, like, cautious because people really be all up on you, like, space wise. And some people really act like this shit isn't, like, not for real. Mm-hmm. It's just like uh, I bet uh, a certain person ten dollars that I wasn't uh gonna go get a haircut as soon as they let us. 
It's like, yeah, yeah, fuck that. No. I will definitely rock this bush for a while. I was a broke college student for years. <laughs> they go in a month without a haircut go bother me. <laughs> I ain't new to this. I'm true to this. Right. Now, I miss my waves, but I ain't trying to die. <laughs> I ain't trying to drown. <laughs> you can't come back yeah, from no. death. I'm trying to I'm trying to have babies, bro. <laughs> I gotta survive long enough to have kids. I just want everybody to be smart. Everybody already thinks that this is the disease is coming to take black people out. Niggas is still having kickbacks and parties. Niggas is still having kickbacks and parties. And people still doing hair. Like I have I'm so tired of seeing people like post pictures of how they got their hair done or like the, the hairstyles or post a picture and the client be sitting in the seat with a mask on and I'm like you do realize at this point that mask ain't even saving you from shit right like you've been in the chair for hours getting your hair braided the mask ain't doing nothing for you right now now the closest safe thing is if you get like your hair cut outside by a barber with a mask and gloves that he has been changing because a lot of people don't realize that, you know, you have to change out gloves. Right. <laughs> like, that's been a hard point for a lot of these remedial-ass niggas. Like, uh, <laughs> if you take your gloves all around the city, all around the city's germs are on your gloves. <laughs> Cross-contamination. Yep. More people need to work in food to understand how stuff like that works. Bro, even people in food don't understand what cross-contamination is. No. Like, I've been at so many so many jobs where I've seen people do dumb shit, and I'm just like, you do realize that you need to change your gloves before you go back over here from the meat to the veggies, or before you go from the dishes to the meat, or, you know what I'm saying? Right. Like, you can't just be out here using the same gloves for hours at a time. No. When I worked at McDonald's, I used to go through gloves all the time. Oh, man. Jimmy John's? I don't know how many times I changed gloves a day. Like, it's popping them. I did always want some black gloves, though. Like, when I see people with black gloves, I'm like, yeah, I I wish I had them. I should have stopped. The black latex gloves? Yeah. I wish I had stocked up on shit like that. I wouldn't even sold it. I just would have been out here new glove shorty <laughs> like yep pull it up in my new gloves yeah bro but I don't know this shit gonna get real interesting again yeah yo that nigga Donald Trump is wild as fuck though also did you see that shit when he was uh <laughs> when he uh like he was talking about the light thing Who's talking about the what thing? The UV light and uh, how people need to disinfect themselves by injecting no, disinfectant. Are you for real? I'm glad I missed that. I have him muted. I don't see. I don't see. Like, like I barely see stuff that he does or says. Like that shit was crazy. All right, so. All right, first he was talking. Like he was talking at one of the briefings. And he was talking in front of everybody and he was, he had 
seen this thing where somebody had done a study where you could do a UV light treatment in somebody's body and it can get rid of uh, coronavirus. It's all like early, early stages or whatever. It's nothing well thought out or anything. But because he doesn't read anything in detail, he was just going based on what little pieces that he saw and heard. And because he's a pathological liar, he mixed all that shit up and started saying some crazy shit. So, <laughs> so he first started talking about the UV light thing. And then he described injecting disinfectant into somebody's body to kill the virus. And then all hell broke loose because Lysol came out. I that- saw the memes. Lysol came out. They were like, do not under any circumstances <laughs> in just our product. I did see that. I did see that. Um, and I saw the memes, but I didn't know it was because of anything that he had done. I thought it was just people being stupid. No, this nigga got on national TV and told people to inject uh, disinfectant. And then the next day when he was asked about it, he said it was sarcasm. Oh my god! And then <laughs> he said he was just asking uh, reporters sarcastically to see what would happen, and they were like, "You weren't even talking to reporters; you were talking to your Doctor Bix." And Man, then don't be playing games out here. <laughs> and then he said, like he doubled back on it, and he was like, "I mean, well, disinfectant works on the hands and everything, so I don't understand why it wouldn't work inside the body." And then uh, he was uh, like, reporters were like, yo, like they were pushing back on him a little bit. And then he was like, I, w- I was being sarcastic for reporters like you. And then he said something about like you yesterday. And they were like, I wasn't even here yesterday. And then he- <laughs> <laughs> And then, like, it caught him off guard. So he was like, I mean, no, not you. I was talking about uh, this person. Yeah, I would know if you were here. And he was like, I didn't think I saw you yesterday. He was like, man, what the fuck is going on? Sure, you do not remember your days like that, for one. But yeah, like, bro. And then, like, he went on this rant about the sun and all this other stuff about how sunlight kills viruses and all this shit. That's what everybody keeps saying too. Like everybody's like, "Oh, once the weather warm up, the virus ain't gonna be able to." And that's live. And I'm just like, mm. you know. and then also stuff like that mutates, so you know things can change. You don't know. Yeah, you don't know what could happen and what. Child, this is a like a five month old disease. We still learning. It's still very new, right? <laughs> but people are fucking stupid, including the president no of the United was- States. Oh yeah, that's the, the most recent thing I saw about it was um, I don't know if you retweeted it. I don't know who did, but it was Shannon Sharp. <laughs> he had said something um, about Donald Trump saying like, you know, someone should have done something about this way sooner. <laughs> and Shannon Sharp retweeted it, and he was like, "Somebody please tell him that he is that someone." Right. Like, He's acting like it's everybody else. It's like, no, nigga, you. They said he they uh, they gave him like twelve uh, briefings in January and February, and he keeps acting like he nobody knew. No, 
people were tweeting about this and people were talking about it. Hell, we've been talking about it since February. People knew for sure. Like, I remember there were so many people on Instagram, like celebrities and stuff, that were just posting videos of people in China, like dropping dead in the street. And And at that point, we didn't think much of it because we were just like, oh, it's in China. But when it it got real to me when I saw what was happening in Italy. I was like, oh yeah, this shit about to happen. Cause I think oh, that's yeah, when, when that we, that's when we started talking about it for real, for real. Yeah. And then we were talking about how people weren't able to get tests in February. I think I don't even think it was March yet. Like, and yeah. if, if our little uh, side operation has been talking about it, I would think the president of the United States would know a little bit more. Yeah, I remember it being taken a little bit more seriously when I started seeing people come into the restaurant with like gloves and masks on and everybody was still kind of joking about it then. Like somebody coughed, they were like, oh shit, she got that corona. Like we were joking about it because the president wasn't making it anything to care about. No. So... He's, it's his fault, nigga. It's your fault. He's got blood he's on his hands. Only... Plenty. And then now he's acting like, I mean, bruh, I just don't, I don't like the callous nature of everybody acting like just because people had pre-existing conditions, they didn't die from coronavirus. Yes, the fuck they did. Because they would yeah. be alive with pre-existing conditions if it wasn't for the fucking virus. I'm tired of seeing like uh, I'm I hate and I, it could just be me, but I can't stand seeing like articles about people who have died and it'll say due to coronavirus complications and I'm like, no, y'all need to tell us what these complications are. Like we need to be able to know so we can be looking for signs. Like we are still right. <laughs> we still don't know what's going on, but I've seen so many like so-and-so dies due to coronavirus complications and so-and-so due to coronavirus complications. I'm like, what do y'all mean when y'all say complications? What's happening? (laughs) (laughs) What is the tea? (laughs) The heart failing or the lungs failing? Mostly it's lung failure. But also, like, the early signs are a loss of, like, sense of taste, smell, yeah, uh, Mm -hmm. headaches, body aches. Fever, basically feeling like the flu. Yeah, you experience like a regular cold. Like, yeah, that's all the that's all the basic stuff. Um, but when you say die of complications, like I'm 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 wanting to know what that means. I'm getting to the point now where I think I am ready to be in a relationship and to get married and I don't think I was ever at that point before mm-hmm. now I could have got married but it wouldn't have been a lasting or uh, uh, decent relationship it would have been a lot of chaos yeah. yeah I feel like I've been ready for a while just haven't um met anybody on the same page but also I was just looking for what I wanted 
in people instead of looking at people for you know saying where they where they are at typically when you want somebody to be something you kind of like yeah you try to cater that role for them look for those things in them and they're not there yeah they're not going to be there also a lot of people think that like you can will somebody into being that person you can't either they want to be it or they don't and it's kind of unfair for you to want to change somebody to be all the way honest that's what I've found out about myself. It'd be like, it's kind of fucked up that I'm, that I'm pretty much saying that this person isn't good enough. And you not only, you don't just want them to change for them. Like most of the time you want them to change for you. And that's even more unfair. Right. And that's not how adults are. You just find somebody who fits what you need. Don't try to change somebody or coach somebody into some shit because you're just wasting both of y'all time. And it's a lot of people. It's a lot of people that get tired of that. Like, and that's why a lot of people get divorced early. But I think I can accept, I can accept myself now to where I can accept somebody else. Like, it took me Mm -hmm. getting to the point to where I'm like, no, I'm, I'm a good person. Like, (laughs) <laughs> I deserve happiness and I'm a valid person. I didn't yeah. always feel that way. But it's yeah, a- I think that's also like uh, so I, it's easier to it, it's easier to accept somebody. That's why I like once again, friends first. It's way, it's way easier to accept people for what they are and what they what they aren't in a friendship also yeah than it is in a relationship so that's why like if you are friends with somebody if you were true friends with somebody it's not going to be hard say y'all fall in love and then you start realizing you know all these things that just aren't going to work for you if that ever happens, it's not going to be hard for you to step back and realize like, okay, I realize that this is who they are as my friend. And maybe I just need to keep them as my friend and not as my lover. You know what I'm saying? Like it's way easier to accept people when they're your friend, instead of trying to like force them into some, something that they're not some shit that don't need to. Yeah. Like if you just start off, trying to make someone be your person for a relationship it's not gonna it's not built on any foundation of anything yeah so it's gonna it can easily fall apart but also i think people i don't know if a lot of people focus on friendships like even just platonic friendships i don't think a lot of people focus Mm -hmm. on friendships enough to invest like that a lot of people like to keep their friends expendable and they don't want to do the deep uh, work that is required in any relationship, including friendships. So it's kind of like a, I don't know. We have to start, like not we, like me and you, but as a whole, our generation has to start re-evaluating re, uh, what we mean in our relationships, including friendships. Mm-hmm. and it's going to require work 
<laughs> to sustain friendships because you can't just I don't know. That's why also why when when people use uh let's just be friends as a a placeholder instead of actually meaning to be friends. That's why that rings hollow to a lot of people. Because it's just a cop out. Unless you're really trying to invest the time and do the work of a relationship as a friendship, then you're not really friends. <laughs> you're just associates that you're waiting to fuck. <laughs> like it's like you have no real attachment to this person other than uh you want to have sex with them. Like that's not a friendship. <laughs> a friendship is love unconditionally. So, I don't know. Boom. But also being there for yourself and then being there for another person. Mm-hmm. So how can you not? How can you have a relationship with a person if you're not there on that one defining principle? <laughs> And your your uh marriage is not built on that. Are I mean, yeah, you gotta. Plus, I ain't trying to have. I ain't trying to get married just for the gram. Right. <laughs> I want to have babies and grandchildren one day, and I'll tell them stories of when I lived alone with a, a spoiled basset hound. <laughs> 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 like that's that's what I'm trying to get. I'm not trying to just post pictures so y'all like my shit. Fuck that, because nigga, I already know I'm dope. <laughs> I don't need you that's, to tell me. <laughs> that's what all of this shit is about, anyway. Posting the pictures. It's like, man, I just I don't care about that shit. I mean, I care a little bit. I ain't gonna say I don't care at all, because I mean, I'm a normal person just like everybody else. But I'm not. I just I just want a person with me that's got my mm-hmm. back. I don't care about this shit. And I think I've been trying for most of my life. I've been trying to find somebody that has the outside package that has none of the things I actually like about people. Just all of the things I actually hate about people. That's why when it doesn't go good, I hate that person even more. <laughs> You're not a likable person. <laughs> oh <kid>. my god! <laughs> You're not thinking like a logical person because your feelings are invested, your hormones are invested, mm-hmm. everything is invested in this other person. So you're gonna do goofy shit, <laughs> and sometimes you're gonna do shit because it's working. Right. I did see a thread where uh. Where it was these guys, they were talking about how it was like one of those women accountability things or whatever. But the guy, mm-hmm. the guy was talking about how more or less kind of like what I said about how it's selfish to want to change somebody. They were talking about that and about how if that person doesn't change, then people get mad and try to. There uh, was more so talking about. Did you see that Joe Button clip a couple weeks ago where he was talking about how uh, he had been with girls? <laughs> he had been with girls 
before and they were just kicking it and then like she they start trying to do like wifey stuff and then he didn't stop it but then they got mad he's like i didn't ask you to do any of this you volunteered because you were trying to prove yourself and you were trying to get to a level that you wanted to get to right what that? <laughs> that sounds like something is like scratching on my window and I don't see anything but yeah it's just like I saw this one girl she had a mask made it was like uh no wifey shit for fuck boys I'm like hmm, ma'am you're lying I saw that <laughs> like why <wild> lie <laughs> <laughs> like bruh we all we all know bro we all know like let's uh, let's not get on our uh social media high horse like because they still will do that shit like but i'm just not trying to man i i say that shit now i might end up doing that shit but i'm just not trying to like win over anybody else fuck that i know i don't want to be a pick me i don't no and just like being a pygmy just screams for it just screams insecurity and like you need validation and i just don't i don't i ain't doing it <laughs> no nah. i'm valid i don't need your validation i i have been listening to uh stevie wonder's talking book a lot bro i saw that bro it started because in high fidelity that's the last song they play i believe when i fall in love mm-hmm. bro i'm believing that shit though like when this shit happens the next one that shit gonna happen it's gonna last forever i'm believing that shit you gotta speak it right you gotta know it you gotta feel it i feel that shit real talk and if i gotta wait years for it to happen that's fine too i'm just i'm i'm thinking clearly for the first time in a while well not first time in a while it's just it's been a steady progression of me thinking clearly i've had a couple of relapses Mm -hmm. and been like all right i'm getting my feelings but for the most part i'm moving forward i think i'm on a good path Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's kind of how I've been feeling, like, especially with the frustration with all this unemployment shit, like, I always have my moments where I'm emotional, and then I'm like, you know what, I'm not even finna, I'm not finna let this have me out here depressed for days and weeks at a time, like, obviously it's nothing that I control, it sucks, right? but I'm not gonna... Like, typically, I would just let this have me down for, like, days and, like, just be upset and, like, feeling sorry for myself and just thinking about just going down that rabbit hole of, like, failures, like, in your life. You'd be like, huh. Again. But. (laughs) Yeah. That's. I've been trying not to, not to go that route. Bro. I also did. I listened to a couple of my uh <laughs> journal entries from uh December. That shit was dark. <laughs> <laughs> December was a dark time. Those were the dark days, bro. I I was out here a while. 
dragon days. Like I started to delete them. I was like, no, nah, I need to remember how I felt at some key Where moment. You came from. Yeah. Like, especially like, cause I have one from when I had a breakthrough, like in the middle mm-hmm. of the breakdown. And mm-hmm. I want to remember the dopest thing about recording your voice is you're hearing your subconscious. You're hearing your real you talk to you. Yeah. It's almost like that, like in movies where they show your uh, mirror talking the, to you out of body. Yeah. yeah, it's that's as close to that as it can be. So I like it. Yeah, I think that's why I don't record myself. <laughs> <laughs> but <laughs> as two broke ass niggas like us, that's as good as therapy as we go get. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Not ready. Sometimes you just gotta hear the goofy shit that you think. You're like, man, I was fucking tripping. One of tripping. them, one of them, I was angry, and I don't even recognize that person. And I was like, man, I was going through. <laughs> is that day? Oh yeah, she is for sure. Like all the this was, you know, if I was your woman or my man, if I had a man, this is what we be doing right now, and. I be cooking and I got all my cooking dress and Man, whatever. Man, shut the fuck up. <laughs> all right. Well, Let me know how it goes. I will. I'll see you, buddy. Bye. Bye. So thank you guys for tuning in today to Suburban Pod. If you would like to follow me on Twitter, you can find me at Kirby Brown Girl. And you can find me at a kid named Juice. Some of our music today was provided by our good friend, Corey Battle. You can follow him on SoundCloud at DJC Battle. New episodes available every Thursday.